When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com. It's a wonderful Sunday in March. I have turned another year older because my birthday was Friday. I had a good time with family and friends, and I'm here to talk with you about your Pitt Panthers because it was an eventful week, to say the least. Lots of ups, a little bit of down but we're going to go through all of it. We're going to start with the ups because pit football had a really strong week. Heather Like spoke about both football and basketball. Lots of really good things there. So we're excited to talk about those. But of course, Ithiel Horton transferred out of the basketball program. We're going to talk about that and the transfer portal and part of what Heather Like was talking about in the second segment. But first, we got to talk about pit football because, man, this was a really good week as far as what I saw in practice. As far as what I heard in practice, after practice, and what we saw in the pro day. Now, I won't spend too much time on the pro day because I previewed it last week. But basically, you know, if you read my stuff, that the Carolina Panthers seem to be really filling Kenny Pickett. Multiple scouts that I talked to said that he did extremely well with his throwing, which is really the, was the only thing that he did. So he did a really good job. And Damari Mathis blew up his combine performance. He only ran a 4.39 40-yard dash at the combine. So, excuse me, he didn't blow up his combine performance. He blew up his pro day performance. But Damari Mathis had already did, had a strong 40 at the combine, and then he put on a vertical leap and a broad jump. Both of them would have, his vertical jump would have been the highest of all people who participated in the combine this year, not just defensive backs, but every single body. And his broad jump would have been the best of all cornerbacks. That shows how springy he is, how, how athletic he is, how explosive he is. And when you look at his 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 demeanor as a corner, I think he's going to get some more looks at that in the NFL draft. He's gone from a guy who I think a lot of people were just sleeting to the seventh or sixth round. I think there might be some teams looking at him like they looked at Jason Pinnock last last year and maybe even a bit more. Pinnock, if you remember, was a, was a solid pit corner for years. Had a really good pro day and boosted his stock to a fifth, uh, a fifth year or a fifth round pick. Mathis is a guy who Pat Narduzzi said is the best, might be the best corner that's come out of Pitt during his time there, and his numbers were that much better than Pinnock's. So, I'm thinking fourth round pick, at least. 
But let's talk about the Pitt Panthers that you know and love right now. Because you, the biggest question is like, okay, Chris, that we're cool. We're excited about the draft. But what about Pitt right now? We want to know what's up with Keaton Slovis. What's up with, uh, you know, what, what's up with the backfield? What's up with the defense? I want to talk about the defense. I, I did run into Keaton Slovis for the first time out in out in public, uh, you know, away from cameras and interviews and stuff. And he was a nice guy to talk to. I will say he seems to have a good head on his shoulders and carry himself well. But I want to talk about this defense. Because, man, whoo! I think people should be really scared of what this defense might be about to do. And y'all know how excited people should be about this offense with the entire return, returning offensive line. Addison's back. You got Kanate Mumfield. You're really excited about Jared Wayne. You're hoping Jaden Bradley pops up. You're 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 getting you're um you're you're gonna have that entire backfield back. You're really excited about Gavin Bartholomew. All excitements at all levels. But I'm telling you right now, you might have just as much ex- reason to be excited about this defense. And it's not just because the defensive front's going to be fully intact, because you got John Morgan, you got Desmond Alexander, you got Hopper Baldonado, you got Kalijah Kansi. Really, all you lost was Keyshawn Camp from that group. But I wrote a piece for Thursday for DK Pittsburgh Sports after practice about Dayon Hayes. Now, I admit, I'm biased when it comes to Dayon Hayes. I'm a product of Taylor Alderdice. I grew up in Homewood. I'm the City League born and bred. My father coached at Peabody for several years. So anytime I see a City League kid coming through Pitt, oh, I want to see him do good. There's a bit of pride in me. I have to admit that. But when I watched Dayon, you know, you know, I said it for for years. Uh, you know, I you know when he when he got his first start or it's not his first start, his first game action at the end of the Austin P game, I was like, he had a couple sacks. It was pretty good in 2020. But there was a reason he didn't get back to the field because he wasn't ready. And then early last year, in 2021, I saw there were a couple of practices where, like, you know, and Charlie Partridge, defensive line coach, and Charlie Partridge is for real. When he says something, he means it. And he said, that man, that young man's coming along. He's figuring things out. But, you know, I saw Deion Hayes, you know, wearing sunglasses at a couple of practices, and I was like, man, he like, you know, I get it when Jordan Addison does it. I get it when, you know, one like if Damari does it after, like, a really, because Damari did it after his pro day. That, that's a different story. But I was like, dang, Dan, come on out. But what I love about Deion Hayes right now is if you read the article that I read and you listen to the way that he was talking, he said he he's like I realized what I was doing wrong. He said I was, he said I was counting my plays and not making my plays count. I said I wanted to get out of the building just faster with my workouts. Now I want to be the last one out the building. You hear those type of things and you realize that culture thing that people keep talking about for Pitt is working. I want to tell you about an exchange I saw in practice that I thought was really impressive, both on the part of leadership and the part of believing in the leadership. Defensive line guys doing some drills outdoor in the outdoor facility this past week. And the defensive ends are getting ready to do a drill. And Dayon Hayes doesn't have, they, they, they all wear knee braces. I think it's just like standard for them. They just do it to protect themselves. I think it's just, you know, part of, we don't want no one to get hurt in spring ball. And Dayon Hayes, one of his knee braces just ain't on, and he throws it, and it almost kind of hits our group of, of reporters that we were kind of just standing there watching around. And I, I seemed like I was the only person paying attention to this. And and when he, he does this, uh, Hoppa's like, yo, man, come on. And he and I, I I can't hear what he says, but I see him point at us, and he's talking to him, and he's like, and he points at the knee brace. And you see Dayon Hayes like, ah, yes. It's kind of like the yes, big bro type of thing. He goes on, he puts on the knee brace, and he gets right back in the drill. And there were no complaints. There was no fighting. There was no arguing. It was just... Hobble let him know, hey, that wasn't cool. Get get your stuff on. We need to work. And Deion Hayes even described Baldonado like a big brother. 
And I'm telling you, the things that the flashes I see from Deion Hayes at the end of the season, he had like like four or five tackles for loss and two or three sacks in the, like the last four or five games or whatever. He was really coming on as as a rotational guy. If Deion Hayes is 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 for real, like arriving. This year, my goodness, the pass rush is going to be unstoppable because Hoppa Baldonado has arrived. He is going to be the man yet again this year. John Morgan, Desmond Alexander, really good veterans to keep around. They're going to be, be nothing but solid for you. Kalijah Kansi, one of the best defensive tackles in all of college football. He will be a top pick someday in the NFL draft. Not like top 10, but you know what I'm saying. And then, of course, now you have Dayon Hayes throwing into that mix, and you still get to see guys like... Uh, Devin Danielson, another local kid, Thomas Jefferson. There's a lot of excitement around the uh, the up front, but it's not just up front because I also wrote a piece about the linebackers this week because the linebackers was the one group that I put a big question mark on when I was doing my depth chart and looking over how Pitt's, how Pitt's going to look next year. Because really all you had was Servassier Dennis. And when you look at the pro day, there were three Pitt linebackers putting on workouts because they their eligibility ran out. Chase Pine, Phil Campbell III, and John Partition. Now, I think John Partition did the best of the three in his pro day. But the biggest question was, man, that's a lot of experience losing the room. What are you going to do with it? And sure, you had Brandon George coming back, and you know there was excitement there. But, man, let me tell you about these two kids I, I was talking to after practice, and we were all kind of like, whoa, these guys are big. And these guys, you got Bengali Kamara. And Solomon DeShields. Now, you might remember both of them because they were kind of rotational uh, special teams guys and extra guys on defense to be excited about. And they were kind of like, oh, they're coming down the line. But Bengali Kamara was always going to be a linebacker. He was kind of building. They just He was kind of getting his, his shots and his experience, and he was learning while on the bench, and, and you felt it from him. But Solomon DeShields is different because he was kind of a defensive end slash a wide receiver. He had all these different talents on him. But he, when he Pat Narduzzi said when he committed to linebacker, we said, "Oh, we got a good one." And I'm telling you, when I watch these guys in practice, and I, I'm, we haven't watched full scrimmage plays, we're not allowed to see that just yet. You'll see that in the blue and gold game on April 9th. Be sure to be at Heinz Field. It's for free, guys. Go see your Pitt Panthers. There's some excitement there. But Solomon DeShields and Bagali Kamara, when I'm watching these guys change direction. Pick up speed. They're also big. They're like 6'2", 6'3", 230, 225. These linebackers are moving. They're talking. And they're playing around Servassier Dennis. And they, 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 they point to him. He's like, he's the coach on the field. You might have one of the best defensive fronts in football and one of the most athletic linebacker groups. In, well, I won't say the most, most athletic, but maybe in, most of the, like, in the ACC. Guys who've grown up in a system behind a guy who's been kind of the quarterback of your defense in Servatia Dennis, who keeps all the linebackers together. And again, that still doesn't include a dangerous secondary because you got Brandon Hill and Eric Hallett coming back. Eric Hallett, of course, having his super ACC championship game. Brandon Hill being a tone setter in the secondary. And there's still a lot of excitement because they got a lot of competition at cornerback. And there's this kid, Ryland Gandy who Pat Narduzzi and Pat Narduzzi there's sometimes he'll like say who you know he's excited about a freshman over the last three years that I've been covering this team he'll say like oh yeah this guy's doing good but when we asked about him he he his tone shifted it was like no 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 this guy is gonna get it at the cornerback position and we talked to Riley Gandy he seemed like a really humble kid former track star in college or in high school excuse me and he even said like I never did spring practices because I was always running track but he looks solid in the drills that I've seen, 
And there was, I, I could tell you there was a point after one of the days that we talked to Narduzzi, and he talks about Rylan Gandhi. And, he, and, and like after he's done, he kind of goes away, and the next person comes up to talk. And he says, he says, Gandhi, get over here. And he grabs him, and he pulls him. He shows us his big number 18 jersey, and he's just like, this is the kid. Get used to seeing him because you're going to see him a lot. And I was like, whoa, okay. There's a lot of excitement around this defense, y'all. And that's matching the excitement from the offense. Again, go read my stories that I've been posting all week long, past several weeks of spring practices, about how this team feels about it, the culture that's developing. Because it's not just talent, it's guys believing in what they're being taught. There's something exciting coming here. And I think Pitt fans are going to have a really fun 2022 season. And hey, you had a pretty fun 2021 season too. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We got to talk Pitt basketball. I know I just piped you up real hard and you're really excited, Pitt fans. You're probably thinking like, oh, great. It's not good. Well, hear me out. We're going to have an interesting talk about your Pitt Panthers on the basketball side and what's going to happen in the transfer board. I'm Chris Carter. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, talking about your Pit Panthers. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can listen to this show as well as all of our shows on DKPittsburghSports.com by checking us out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, anywhere that podcasts are hosted. And remember, we don't just cover Pitt. We cover Penn State. We cover the Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, anything you want to talk Pittsburgh sports. We're talking it every day of the week. Now, Pitt basketball. Not as shiny of a stories this week but an interesting couple of days because tuesday heather like calls all the reporters that were that have been showing up a lot into a a meeting room their their normal conference room and we get to ask her questions about the basketball program and you know i I mean my first question is about what are you doing about the transfer portal because you know muhammadu gi good get jamarius burton solid get but Daniel Adapo's already gone. Chris Payton's already gone. And that was really the impact they got was, you know, Jamarius Burton being a good, solid veteran guard who kind of set the tone for the backcourt. And then Muhammad Ugi really coming in and surprising everybody. And she also talked about Jeff Capel, and I, I don't want to make this a, uh, another segment. We just talk about whether Jeff Capel should be fired or not. I've done that enough. I think it, I think you guys are bored of that topic because you also know it's not going to happen. And she even said it's not going to happen. She wants stability. She wants continuity. She has a vision for pit hoops, and it doesn't involve firing a coach after four years. She also said it's not patience to allow a coach to fight through at least four years. 
So it's clear how Heather like feels. But what I want, I think is a more interesting thing to talk about here is how they're going to approach the transfer portal coming up. Now, everyone knows Pitt basketball has no recruits named to its 2022 recruiting uh, list right now. Not high school or transfer portal. There's no commitments, nothing. I mean, there's offers out there still. And everyone's been panicking. Well, how are you going to be able to compete next year if you don't have any high school kids lined up yet? Well, I've been saying this for a while. I've written about this. I've talked about this. But this is probably going to be a heavy, 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 if not completely, transfer portal-led recruiting class. And now there are six scholarship slots open. Because Chris Payton left. Darren Ladapo left. Noah Collier left. Anya Bucci-Eziakudo left. And now Ithiel Horton's left. It's a lot of Panthers. Now, Noah Collier, no, uh, like a little, little hurt, but a little bit of a hurt piece because you were hoping he'd develop into John Hughley's bench guy to come out and give more in significant minutes to give John Hughley some rest. Chris Payton, you never really saw him. Real springy in practice, but you know that's who he was. Uh, you know he he didn't he he never really got chance to get to get more time on the court. Um, as Yakuto, you love his effort, you love his fight, walk on kid. He's gonna go on to med school and stuff, and that's why I, I get that, no problem. Now, anyone who's asking about Muhammadu Gi, his his eligibility's out, so he's he he's going on to other things. So you got those guys, but then Ithia Horton, that is a hurt piece. There's no hiding that. I don't care how what anyone tries to say that that was that was supposed to be part of the core moving forward. And I even talked about that for weeks on here was the idea of him being able to be more of a rotational outside shooter who doesn't have to kind of put the game on his shoulders as much as they were going to have to ask him this past year. And, and and I also thought Horton might stay because of how Pitt stood by him and how Jeff stood by him, even calling his situation quote-unquote BS while the charges were outstanding. But there's a real question. Can 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 Pitt keep players? Can Jeff Capel keep Pitt players? Because a lot of people say, oh, he can't recruit. Well, I, I disagree. I think he can recruit. He hasn't kept the people. Because think about it. As we as we just saw, Arkansas is heading to the Elite Eight, as are, by the way, three other ACC teams, Miami, Duke, and North Carolina. So much for the conference stinking. But imagine a team with Xavier Johnson at, at the one, Audis Tony at the two, because he's kind of a, forward slash guard you can work with that justin champagne at the three muhammad ugi at the four and john hughley at the five Woo lordy that's and that's a that's a tournament team and you'd still have femi Otakali, jamarius burton those guys coming off the bench you wouldn't be mad at that at all right right again if horton be coming off the bench so again jeff when he, I, I don't think it's about finding talent because he certainly found talent it's about keeping it for whatever reason But I think part of that is also acknowledging this is transfer culture now. A lot of teams lose a lot of players. And a lot of teams are adding players quickly through the portal and changing. Miami, who's in the Elite Eight, they were oh, they were worse than Pitt last year. They lost four guys in the portal, but they gained one. And that dude's been one of the baddest guards in the tournament, really in the year. Iowa State was the same way. Gained a lot of players through the portal, got competitive. Wake Forest, that was how they turned from one of the worst ACC teams to one of the top five teams in the conference as far as the tournament seeding-wise. 
Heather Like says that Pitt's got now two full-time staffers who are just looking at the transfer portal. They're studying who goes in it, who's going out it, what their what their history is, what it, and what that can lead to for Pitt. Which tells me they didn't have such a plan in place last year when they got those guys in the transfer portal. They just kind of just said like, okay, this is who we think we can get. Bing, bang, boom. But for Jeff, they got a, th- this new plan that they're putting together with these two full-time staffers and putting all this research into the transfer portal. It's got to yield results. They've got to get guys who can fill in because now without Horton, before I said, and I said this before, the Pitt needed to get a true one, a true point guard who was going to be explosive with the ball in his hands and or a shooter. They needed to get a new four, a new guy who was going to play as a big next to Hughley. And they needed to get at least one shooter. And then you could like, you know, get other positions as well. But now with Horton gone, you really need two shooters because he was your shooter along with Gee. And maybe Otakali improves there and they get some other guy to step up. But you need to get that talent now. And I don't think it's impossible for them to do that. But I do think it's a challenge. They're going to have to hit the way Miami hit, the way Lake Forest hit, the way Iowa State hit, and a lot of teams hit in the portal. And there's guys out there. There's a guard from uh, George Washington, Joe Bamasella. He's a he's he's a he's a shooting guard. He's explosive. He hits from three. He'd be a guy that a lot of teams would be after. There's forwards like Jalen Ganey from Brown, Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year. Another big man. He's six foot nine, but he's 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 not he's he's a little bit uh he's not as thick as Hughley. But he can score. He can rebound. And he would be another presence that could be strong next to him. And I'm not saying get all these guys because these are just some of the top names out there. But there's really good players out there that you can get right now and add to your roster. And truly, I mean, we saw with Miami, one big player, one big player had changed a lot for them. If they could win and get a true one and then get a solid four and then a couple solid shooters. I know I'm saying a lot of names there, but they've got six scholarships to take shots at this right now. And maybe Nate Santos develops. Maybe other guys pick their games up. That's got to be Pitt's path to fighting next year. And and this past year, I said this year, this past year, you, you, you heard me. If you've been listening to this podcast since way back in April of 2021, after last season ended and we saw all those players leave, I said that this upcoming season was not about this season. It was about next year. And yet we still got people thinking that this, this year they were actually going to do some real damage. But this upcoming season... I think this is put up or shut up time for Jeff Capel. I think this is when he has to show that he can put something together with this transfer portal team. And I'm not saying this is the year that he gets fired or whatever, but I am saying that this is going to be a year where you're going to have to see him show, hey, how quickly can you adapt to this transfer portal culture? Can you go and get some of the big names in there and help that be part of the foundation to getting some success, actually finishing with a winning record and changing the tone of pit basketball? A lot of this is going to rely on Pitt's new system they're putting together for the transfer portal and how Jeff uses it. I'll be really intrigued to see how Heather Like, how Jeff Capel, how this team does it. But don't forget, Nike Sabande is coming back. And when Ithiel Horton, his transfer news got out, Nike, Nike Sabande put on a, a yawning emoji 
on his Twitter account. And was base and base basically was like stay calm. There's confidence, I think, between some of the guys that are sticking around. They're not giving up on the program. I mean, heck, John Hugo the fourth committed, recommitted to the program. I think that was the biggest sign. It's the guy that you needed to come back. But if Nike Sabande can be a can be a scorer, Jamarius Burton, Femi Odakali, one of the two of those guys, one of the two of those guys ups their performance from last year, and you get that true one, you're talking about a different pit team. But again, Jeff got to be aggressive in the portal. And I mean, yeah, get a get a high school recruiter too, like you did with Nate Santos. But make this a uh, go get some real dudes in the portal, and go get some guys that are thinking, hey, I'd love to play some ACC ball. I saw those ACC teams in the in the in the Elite Eight, and that might mean going and getting some non-power five guys. But hey, that's what Mo was. That's what Jalen Llewellyn from Princeton is. Another top one. That's what Bamaselli is from, from George Washington. Jalen Ganey is from Brown. Go get some guys that say, hey, you can play ACC ball, be part of this new setting setting of a tone, and help turn th- be part of turning things around. Just got to pitch something. We'll see if any of it sticks. I'm Chris Carter of the H2P Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you're having a great Sunday. And you hope if you're a College Hoops fan, you're enjoying March Madness. Even if you're not a College Hoops fan, what's wrong with you? Enjoy March Madness. This is the best tournament around, baby. I'm enjoying it because I do every year because it's my birthday. But thanks again for all those listening. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Check all of our work out at DKPittsburghSports.com and our podcasting platform that you can find for free on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Thanks again for listening to, to the H2P Podcast. Stay tuned. We got a lot coming from your Pit Panthers this week as spring ball continues with the football team.